The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Thalamore. Everybody, welcome to the show, episode 677 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, joined today by the lovely, the talented, the scholarly, Brittany Page, everybody. It's been uh, an exhausting few days. I There's no more apt way to put it than that. Very exhausting. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- this weekend has been... Kind of switching back from monitoring what's going on with Twitter, which, by the way, if you're you're not a Twitter user, these are the times where Twitter is indispensable right. as a tool. It's the, it's the best of Twitter right now. Do you want to talk a little bit about why? Well, I, well, I want to talk about how kind of the weekend went for okay. us. That okay. it, it's in between monitoring Twitter and then when something's really going crazy, turning on CNN and watching the news and and then just unplugging. At some points and watching a movie or watching The Office or just kind of decompressing. Mm-hmm. And one, I would just recommend to everybody, don't overload yourself on weekends like this. You really need to practice self-care because it can become compulsive to have to continue to watch and to continue to 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 amplify the stress and the anxiety that you're feeling and just fucking force yourself to turn it off. That's what we've had to do. I I think I, I think that's good advice, right? I think it's important advice. I'm I'm feeling a butt coming up. Well, I, there is a butt because it it is it's a privileged stance. Yeah, right no, for sure. And there are people who watched the video of George Floyd being killed on on camera and. They had the feeling that it could be them and it reawakened that fear that they carry with them every day when they see a cop or they see a white person looking at them suspiciously who's getting ready to call the cops. Um, And it's it's not easy for black people to just shut it off yeah no you're right you're for sure right. And I also think it is listen a lot of people have been saying I don't like to. I don't like to talk about controversial things because it contributes to further division. And I like to stay away from these topics. I don't like to post about this. I don't like to talk about this. Yeah, Those people are dumb people, though. You have an obligation to be using your stance with the people that you care about to influence them to be better. Yeah. And to make improvements and to give a shit because this isn't going to change. Until everyone starts giving a shit, right? I mean, you're hearing this a lot on social media. It's up to white people to fix this, right? It's certainly up to the power structure. Absolutely. And it really starts at home, right? We need to be looking within ourselves and dismantling our own views and then encouraging the people around us to do the same. Yeah. Right. In an effort to continue continuously make that positive progress. I, I guess how I'm looking at this is kind of like from a, 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 a point of view from like combat. Mm-hmm. If you're in a firefight and it's going on for days. Even though you want to stay engaged in, in, in the fight, you have to take You have to get sleep. You have to take care of yourself. Right. 
So it's not even like a, a, a privilege argument. I, it, I mean, it is in many, many ways. But from the standpoint that I'm talking is don't burn yourself out because this is a the long haul. We're in this for the long haul. And if you make yourself unhealthy, if you make yourself so uh, filled with anxiety and stressors that you're not able to continue the fight, then nobody wins. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where I'm coming at it from. But well, absolutely, I have the privilege to, to turn it the fuck off. Right. Well, and I also want to say, you know, some of my response there could have been just guilt that I'm feeling, right? Because I am not out in the streets and I am someone who goes to protests and I I, I feel like it's important to take an active role and show up, right? But I have concerns for certain aspects of my personal life uh should i show up to these protests and also the you know covid19 is lingering over me and yeah. i know jesse you've been concerned about that given how easily and susceptible you are to respiratory illnesses and you know those are considerations that i've had to to weigh right yeah. and i feel guilt for not getting out there but there are ways, if you're in the same boat, right, to give back. And we actually shared a post to the Facebook page with great information if you are feeling that way, if you're feeling conflicted because you wish that you could be out there, but you're not for whatever reason. There are still ways to contribute, right? Yeah. And we shared, Jesse, you shared on your Facebook page, your personal Facebook page, uh, the Minnesota Freedom Fund. Yes. And you're taking donations there. And that's a community-based nonprofit that pays criminal bail and immigration bonds for individuals who have been arrested while protesting police violence. Yeah, they they claim on their website, and I don't have any reason to not believe them, but they claim on their website that the only two countries on the planet that still take cash bail as a way for you not to go uh, to be imprisoned while awaiting a trial or charges is uh, the United States and the Philippines. So do we want to be in the same grouping as Rodrigo Duterte's country? I mean, come on. Uh, anyway, uh, that, so what? that's what they do. And it sounds like a fantastic organization. I looked into them a little bit. Very reputable. And they're on the ground right there in Minneapolis right now. Um, go to my personal Facebook page. If you feel like, you know, dropping $5, mm-hmm. even $5 can make a tremendous amount of difference if we are able to marshal the size of everyone who's concerned and make a difference that way. If you can't, for whatever reason, be out there in the streets protesting right now. And we we also shared this this post to the Facebook page, the I Doubt It With Dollamore podcast Facebook page, and it has a list of reputable organizations that you can donate to. If you're If you're looking for how to support in this moment... And you're just feeling conflicted because you can't be out there with the protesters physically, then donating to these organizations is the next best thing because you're giving material support to protesters who are being arrested and being caught up in the system for peacefully protesting. Which this weekend has been just an unbelievable spectacle of abuse and misuse of power and aggression and escalation of violence on the part of those sworn to uphold the Constitution of the United States and sworn to protect and to serve. Egregious behavior on the part of the cops. And really, so much so that you can't just say, or it seems to me, it's difficult to say, eh, those are just bad apples. Just a couple of bad apples out there. Because in municipality to municipality to municipality all across the country, we're seeing women kicked in the face, th- shoved to the ground, sent to the, the hospital with seizures. Protesters' masks stretched down and then pepper spray directly in their face reporters arrested reporters assaulted this isn't just a few bad apples we need reform from top 
to fucking bottom in our police forces all across the country. It is almost impossible for me to not rant and rave saying fuck the police for this entire episode after what I witnessed this weekend. I'm already I'm already suspicious of the police. I cannot even imagine if I was part of a group that was being systematically murdered, tortured, abused, rights usurped by these jackbooted thugs who have sworn an oath to protect and serve. Ugh. I think we want to highlight a few important things that we're starting to see. And, like, I don't know if I want to call them errors. I guess, yeah, errors in the logic of just human beings that are posting on the internet. Um, like I already talked about, I get frustrated with people who say that they don't like to engage in these conversations. They don't like to have these conversations on social media. I I guess my question is, like, what's the point of anything then? You know? I mean, yeah, social media is really no different from your actual outings with friends right you 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 can make of it what you want it to be and if you want to be someone who talks about important things who talks about ideas who uses your time on earth to make progress and push things forward like you have the opportunity to do that if you choose so yeah (laughs) You know, and listen, I post food pics all the time too. Okay. It's not so like, do I. it's not like I'm constantly posting about these issues. I also post pictures of Popeye when he's farting and snoring and, you know, the important stuff. Yeah. I take a picture of my <laughs> salad when it has a nice, beautiful, juicy egg on top. Like we, you yeah. can, you can do that too, but it's about, it's about having these conversations when you can have them. Right. Yeah. So, Something else that's been bothering me is everyone attempting to like co-opt Martin Luther King Jr.'s legacy, uh, which happens every time. Yeah, fuck you guys. Every single time there are protests, right? Is people start to say Martin Luther King Jr. stands for peaceful protest. This is not the way to get things done, yeah. right? And you're seeing all these memes pop up everywhere. With this is a protest showing Martin Luther King Jr. in the front, very peaceful. And then at the bottom, it says, like, this is a crime. And it shows, like, looting happening in yeah, the store, yeah, yeah. right? There's there's two issues there, okay? Number one is you're conflating protesting with looting. Those are two different things. They are two, two different things. And also, almost exclusively, two different groups of people. You You see a lot of videos, like you're talking about, the benefit of Twitter, Jesse, where black protesters were stopping white people. Yeah. Right. From breaking into target, right. Banding in front of a target saying, no, do not do this. There were white people tagging a Starbucks and they were confronted by black protesters. Yeah. yeah. Right. Where they're having to intervene and say, listen, stop. Right? Yeah. They're not showing videos of the white woman running out of the target with with lamps. Right? That's not on CNN's live coverage. That's right. So there's more context here that I think people are not willing to grapple with when they have this conversation. Right? It becomes about, it's too hard for me to have a conversation about racism and maybe my own role in upholding systemic racism or at the very least benefiting from the racist system. Right. Yeah. And it's much easier to say, Oh, I denounce looting. Right. Yeah. It's much more difficult to look at yourself, look at your friend circle, look at the people that you spend time with, start to be really critical about those areas than it is to say, "Mm, looting is bad. There was something you said today, earlier today, that really crystallized for me. I really hadn't thought of it the way the way you, you just pointed it out, that if you're someone out there who never says a fucking word about politics, and I'm paraphrasing Brittany Page here, but if you're that person... And then the one time you pop your fucking head up to talk about it, it's to 
pushback against protests because there was looting or a police precinct got burned to the ground. The same police precinct where that housed the murderers of George Floyd, then fuck off. Your opinion is unwanted. It is unnecessary. It is certainly unneeded. Did I paraphrase you well, (laughs) Brittany? Sorry. I feel like this is an episode where we should just preemptively play the drop because it's building to... (laughs) The views and opinions expressed by Jesse Dollamore are solely those of Jesse Dollamore and do not reflect the views and opinions of Brittany Page, who is a far superior person and much more measured and reasonable in her views and analysis. Well, maybe we should have a different disclaimer that says, when Jesse Dollamore paraphrases Brittany Page, it's probably wildly out of context (laughs) and not accurate to what she said and originally at all sure sure uh, but, but those people fucking bother me yes and you pointed that i was just like yeah that that is so because there are people on i'm sure all of our friends lists is it a friends list uh, yeah uh, who who do that mm-hmm. who, who don't say a fucking thing about politics and then all of a sudden they want to chime in like they're a fucking political scientist or something shut the fuck up well you also had all these white dudes explaining to the oh children of God. martin luther king jr on twitter what mlk's legacy is seriously say that one more time so i can continue to breathe white dudes explaining to martin luther king jr's children what his legacy is responding to mlk jr jr or the third his kids correcting saying well actually you should think about what your father right all these actually guys Uh, coming into the replies yeah Yeah. so that's the that's the second issue that i want to talk about with all these memes that are making the rounds and all these all these proclamations about what is and is not the correct way to protest holding mlk up as though that is the one correct way to protest yeah Let's talk a little bit about, and we we do this periodically, I think, around Martin Luther King Jr. Day, because conservatives love to now uh, prop him up and... Venerate him. Oh. So much love and respect. But what would the opinions have been of some of these people that are criticizing Black Lives Matter protesters today? What would they have thought of Martin Luther King Jr. in the 60s? While his the peaceful protests that he was organizing were taking place that they now act like is the only way to get anything done is uh, blah, blah, blah. right so gallup periodically asked this question over the years through the 60s and uh, up until the the 2000s i'd like you to rate dr martin luther king jr on a scale if you have a favorable opinion of him name a number between one and five where five is the highest position, indicating you have a very favorable opinion of him. If you have an unfavorable opinion, name a number between negative one and negative five, where negative five is the lowest position, indicating you have a very unfavorable opinion of him. How far up or down the scale would you rate Martin Luther King Jr.? Okay? Yeah. In August 1966, the total unfavorable rating, now that would be the ratings from negative one to negative five combined. The the year before he was assassinated after organizing peaceful protests. 63% total unfavorable rating. 63% total unfavorable. In 1966. Yeah. So everyone can sit around and act like... Two years before he was assassinated. And act like Martin Luther King Jr. was the... It, he, his methods are the correct way to do it. Well, right. in the 60s, that was not the view. Yeah, he was. he's loved now, and he was loved then. He's respected now. He was always respected. Not the case. Right. Well, and it seems like enough time has passed to where all of these white moderates that are sharing these posts forgot what he said about the white moderate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, disdainful. Right. Disrespectful. So let's jump to August 2011. That total unfavorable rating, 4%. 4%. Dropped to 4%. Again, forgetting what he said about the white moderate, apparently. Now let's talk about demonstrations, right? Demonstrations. So uh, Washington Post, I got this from the Washington Post, and this is data that was provided by Roper Center for Public Opinion Research. And it's it's also from the 60s, October 1966. And this was a poll on how white people felt about the demonstrations on civil rights and whether they have helped or hurt in the advancements of rights for yeah. blacks. Right, right, right. right? 
And 85% of people polled in October 1966 say that the civil rights movements and demonstrations hurts the cause. Hurts the cause, which is the same thing that you hear today, right? Oh, you can't take a knee silently during a song. Oh, my God, it hurts the movement. But that's always the line, right? Yeah. It's hurting the movement, what you're doing. Right. This isn't the way to go about this. You're detracting from your own cause, right? Yeah. Fuck. What about the Freedom Riders? Freedom Riders, May 1961. What were the opinions there? 61% disapproved of the Freedom Riders and what they were doing. What about sit-ins at lunch counters, freedom buses, and other demonstrations, right, to support integration? 57% say it hurt. At the, in, the, in the moment, at the time. Right. Hurt 57%. their chances. Hurt yeah. their chances of integration. Now, universally revered because they were effective. They turned the tide in the civil rights movement. And what about the March on Washington? Oh, everybody today. Oh, my God. I have a dream speech. It's so great. White people love it. Right. Now, this was a poll that was conducted by Gallup between August 15th and 20th in 1963, based on personal interviews with a national adult sample of 1,588 people. Okay. What are your feelings about the proposed mass civil rights rally, the March on Washington? 60% unfavorable view. Yeah. Because they're hurting the movement by going out there. Right. So the message, uh, what what does all this mean, right? Put this all in context, right? You're just barking percentages and numbers. What does it all mean? Well, it means that the people who are sharing those memes about MLK and distorting and co-opting his legacy to try to preach a message that he wasn't preaching, you, you need not wait 45 years. Exactly right. To change your perspective. On the demonstrations from Black Lives Matter today. You don't have to wait, right? You can start doing that work now. You can start thinking through this stuff now and make those changes. You should not be waiting. Right. So that's really the message there and one of the frustrations that that often comes up. So hopefully that will assist you <laughs> in having important conversations with people in your lives. Can- Speaking of MLK, since we're here, I want to talk, I want to play that clip from this very short snippet of a speech he gave on protesting, on rioting. And it is the speech from where the quote comes from, where he says that a riot is the language of the unheard. But he said some other stuff there that doesn't get enough press that is so fucking good, so poignant then and now that we need to, to really focus on. I think America must see that riots do not develop out of thin air. Certain conditions continue to exist in our society, which must be condemned as vigorously as we condemn riots. In the final analysis, a riot is the language of the unheard. What is it that America has failed to hear? It has failed to hear that the plight of the Negro poor has worsened over the last few years. It has failed to hear that the promises of freedom and justice have not been met. And it has failed to hear that large segments of white society are more concerned about tranquility and the status quo than about justice, equality, and humanity. And so in a real sense, our nation summers of riots are caused by our nation's winters of delay. And as long as America postpones justice, we stand in the position of having these recurrences of violence and riots over and over again. Social justice and progress are the absolute guarantors of riot prevention. There is immeasurable profundity there. Riots don't develop out of thin air. Certain conditions continue to exist in our... Keep in mind, he said this in the the 60s. Certain conditions continue to exist in our society, which must be condemned. He's talking about police brutality. He's talking about systemic oppression. 
that those conditions continue to exist in our society, which must be condemned as vigorously as we're condemning the riots. Which is more damaging? Which is more important? The murder of black men in the streets by armed agents of the state or that a target had its windows broken out of? That a riot is the language of the unheard. And that the riots we're experiencing now, the summers of riots, as he called them, are caused by our nation's winters of delay. Doing nothing. Inaction. Satisfaction with the status quo. And then finally, what really struck me here is that social justice and progress are the guarantors of riot prevention. If you hate riots so much, Facebook posters who never talk about the news, then do something about the cause of those riots. It seems so simple. So frustrating that nothing gets done decade after decade after fucking decade. Well, and... (laughs) You had uh, people like Mike Pence, right, tweeting their condemnation of the the rioting and, of course... Even the protests he's against. Well, of course the protests he's against because he made the show of it when he walked out of the NFL game, remember? Oh, that's right. He flew to the game right. just to walk out when the kneeling began. Yeah, to please his lord and savior, Donald Trump. To stand up for the flag and the anthem, right? So even when there were peaceful protests, no one was happy. So it's just, we we can't take your arguments seriously. Because what it really translates into is that it's not the type of protest that you have a problem with. It's the fact that the protests exist at all. Yeah. That's what your issue is. It's not the type of protest. It's that it exists at all. You want to maintain the system. You want to maintain status quo. That's your problem. And and we see through it. It's most frustrating for me when people are watching the same news that we're watching. And they come to ridiculous fucking conclusions because they are focusing on, fixated on, the thing that bolsters their worldview. Is looting bad? Yeah. Yeah, looting's bad. Is burning um, shops to the ground bad? Yeah, it's bad. But watching George Floyd have his neck, a knee jammed into his neck for almost 10 fucking minutes... Until he dies. There's a clear choice here. What is worse? A clear choice. Well, it's also, listen, I don't, your your statement, right, that I'm not speaking to you. I'm speaking to, you know, the people that are making these arguments. I keep doing that, by the way. I keep saying you, and then I keep saying I, and I'm not talking about myself, but I'm, anyway, I need to be, <laughs> I'm all fired up, people so hang on. People get it. People get okay, it. Okay, so... People that are making these arguments, right, that are going online and and, and making their bold proclamations about riots and stores and and whatever. Regaling us with the knowledge that they have about MLK and his beliefs. Well, what a profound opinion, right, that things shouldn't be burning and things should not be spray painted and things shouldn't be broken into. And what a profound statement you're making. Wow. Thank you for uh enlightening all of us yeah. with, with that profound knowledge why don't you do something like meaningful which is get to the root of the problem right yeah. why is it happening and what could be done to stop it from happening right isn't that the question isn't that what people should spend more time grappling with it's like li- be- watching a community that's being poisoned by a chemical company and 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 by virtue of that their population being decimated by cancer like an Aaron Brockovich situation. And then you just, ah, oh, fuck cancer. Cancer's the worst. And not do anything about the fucking chemical company. We're witnessing the chemical company poisoning everyone. And all we want to talk about is the cancer. Yeah, so what, what we like to do, though, and this is a big, important part of what we do here on the show, 
is I don't know what's happening. Everything's I, falling. Apart. I'm not sure. Um, all the fuck we need. We <laughs> we like to invite opinions from the listeners. Yes. We like to move the conversation forward. That's what we talk about on the show, and that doesn't happen if Jesse and I just sit here and yell into the microphone when we're frustrated. Speak for yourself. Speak for myself. You're not the one yelling. What we need to do. You're calm over there. Is listen to <laughs> and learn from other people. And that's what we so value about doing this. It, you know, we didn't, when we first started this, we didn't plan on doing that. That wasn't something that was a part of it. Right. Yeah. yeah Taking yeah. listener feedback and, and making it a feature of the show. But what happened was we started getting it and realized, no, this is crucial. If we're going to be sitting around talking, we need to invite in voices from people who listen to us to tell us if we have something wrong to tell us if we're missing a piece of the puzzle right based on something we may not understand because of who we are our own experiences where we live right so being able to branch out and get other people's perspectives is so important so we would invite you as you listen to these listeners to also Call in yourself, 657-464-7609, or I doubt it at dollamore.com. Hey, Jesse, Brittany. This is Jeff in Fullerton, California. I think it's time we take a new strategy with the conservatives and turn all their statements of outrage around on how they are anti the founding fathers, and especially in regards to, you know, like property destruction and rioting. And that sort of stuff, you know, things that we hail and celebrate around the founding of this country. But now, because it's not white people doing it, now it's wrong. No, I I think we need to turn all those statements around on them, show them how anti-American their statements are by referencing these events in our history and saying, oh, wow, I didn't know you hated the founding fathers so much. Wow, you're against the Boston Tea Party. You want to pay taxes to England? That's great. That's a very bold anti-American statement of you. And things like that. Yeah, listen, um, if it would work, I think it would be great because it's true. Our founders and the the rebels who who rebelled against the the, the king and the crown, they were, and by the way, it wasn't just destruction of throwing some tea in the harbor. They would grab... Uh, ship owners, they would grab uh, merchants who were loyalists to the crown and tar and feather them, assault them. <laughs> there was violence involved. Not to mention the the great amount of value and wealth that was just dumped into the harbor, into Boston Harbor. So yeah, but I don't know that it would cause anybody to to second guess their views about, I mean... Our founding fathers, Thomas Jefferson, George Washington, are venerated by by white America, and they own hundreds and hundreds of slaves between them at a time when it wasn't universally understood that slavery was just the way of the world. There were plenty, plenty of people who knew that it was a a moral scourge on, 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 on our country, on the world, on humanity contemporaries of our of the slave owning founding fathers well and the goalpost is always moving right of course and i i know that this is not like directly related but i want to talk to uh, talk about these headlines from national review about protesting oh yeah fuck those people man in uh t- in 2016 october 2016 national review tweeted colin kaepernick should drop the silly national anthem protests and get to work yeah okay this month, right? This weekend, the 29th. Same publication. May 29th, 2020. Uh, National Review tweeted, protesting works. Rioting doesn't. Yeah, protesting works. Except this kind of protest that we're going to complain about in our publication only a couple of years ago. Right. Again, it's not the type of protest. Yeah, it's any protest. It's that the protest exists That's at right. all. Especially when it's black and brown people. Right. Because white people... You want to storm your fucking state capital armed to the teeth with weapons of war? Ah! Yeah, but they need haircuts, man. I've even I've seen attempts at obscuring that, right? People will say, oh, they were just standing in the capital peacefully. Uh, no, there is footage of them running at the cops and getting in their face. Screaming. Falling spitting, on the ground. Spitting the virus all over the fucking cops. Yeah, so please, please. And what that. do the cops do? 
they stand there. They didn't step on anybody's fucking necks, I'll tell you that. What does that tell you? And look, I know we've got cops in the audience. And that's it. Yeah. I'm not going to, sorry, not sorry. None of that. I fucking, <laughs> what, just what do you have to say? Well, we, we have. We've had cops and former cops write in and talk about some of the issues that they have seen in their policing and in the people that they work with. That has happened over the history of this show. And I, I would love to hear from the cops in the audience about what this past week has looked like for them. Yeah. What they have been hearing in their circles, uh, what the conversations have been with other cops. I mean, if you listen to this show, I, I assume that if you're not a hate listener, <laughs> you <laughs> you agree with at least a majority of the things that are said. Or Otherwise, that some, must be torture. You've got some kind of a sympathetic outlook right. toward the things we talk about. And so I imagine that you you might be having difficult conversations with your coworkers or, you know, who knows. But if, if you are uh, in the law enforcement field, we'd love to hear from you about what, what has been going on on the ground, wherever look, you live. What I'm getting ready to say might make them not call in but the argument's always made that it's only a few bad apples if that's the case then all the good apples the vast majority of cops who are good apples should be able to root out the bad apples because if you're not you're a coward if you sit by and watch injustices that are in direct contravention of the oath the solemn oath that you took and you watch that shit go down, you are not a good apple. You're a bad apple. Apple lecture over. I, I want to quickly address a uh, an article that was in the New York Times related to police complaints and how they don't have an impact on police behavior is this the the minneapolis one right Ugh. so in 2012 the civilian board in minneapolis was replaced by an agency called the office of police conduct review since then more than 2600 misconduct complaints have been filed by members of the public but only 12 have resulted in an officer being disciplined the most severe censure has been a 40-hour suspension this is insult on top of insult stacked on top of fucking insult. Well, what message does this send, right? If you see this, if you are treated, if you are, if you are subject to, to violence, right, to police brutality, you are mistreated by a police officer, by an armed agent of the state, and you file a complaint, and you read this and you see that out of 2,600, out of more than 2,600, only 12 resulted in discipline. And the most severe consequence was a 40-hour suspension. Well, what it tells you is that the government, Minneapolis, this fucking whatever, that out of those 2,600, only 12 were considered legitimate. That all the others, an insanely large majority of that 2,600 were unfounded claims so where would the george floyd murder where would that fall without video i could tell you where it'd fall it would fall somewhere with 40 hour suspension or nothing but because we have video and because of outrage because of protests absolutely shit happened well, and that's the thing for all of the conservative commentators like Tommy Laren asking, what does this accomplish? Uh, are you watching? Yeah. Are you watching what it accomplishes? Because it's been days and people are people are scared and people are listening. And these conversations are happening more than they have in the past. Between family members, among friends, on social networks. That's what the point is. You know, I also hear this argument. Well, now they don't have a precinct in that community, so now it's, it's less safe. It's more dangerous there. I can only guess how I would behave. I 
think my guess is good based on my past behavior relative to challenging the power structure, challenging uh, when people are being oppressed or hurt or, or assaulted or whatever. But for me, if I'm a member of a community that's being murdered, abused, oppressed, for hundreds of years, and nothing is ever done. When you try to silently protest by taking a knee at a fucking football game, and you're vilified by the President of the United States. I don't have a crossword if you want to burn down a fucking police precinct. All other methods have failed. And what's, what's the thing about Insanity. The, the, the continuing to, the, to do the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Well, if, if taking an E doesn't work, let's regroup. Let's figure something else out. Because you know what happened after that? They arrested that motherfucker. And now he faces charges. Yeah, I think a lot of people are feeling that way right now. I think I... I like to bring it back to what I'm what I'm seeing people post about. And again, I'm just seeing uh, a lot of lack of consideration for the injustices in the black community yeah. from white people. And I just I hope that through this, there will be some semblance of change in the hearts and minds of white people who have thus far been afraid to, to take the leap. Right. And we talk about it often on the show that I was raised in a white supremacist household with pictures of Hitler in my house. Um, you know, being told the Holocaust never happened, being taught how to identify Jews in public, being told that the movie they live with Roddy Piper, the wrestler was, it was like a documentary in my house for, uh, the way that Jews controlled the world, yeah, you know, yeah, um, all kinds of just bat crazy shit. And I, I think it's important because I know that even if you didn't grow up in a household like mine, right, where there was active, explicit racism on a regular basis being forced into your child mind. You still picked up on racism. Yeah. You were still taught things that created fear of other, that created prejudice, that created biases. And the work on that needs to be intentional. It yeah. doesn't just happen because you think you're a good person. Yeah. And you uh, generally. Amy Cooper. Amy fucking Cooper probably thought she was a great person prior to putting uh, Christopher Cooper's life in danger. Right. It's. It's intentional. I mean, you have to make an effort. You have to learn about how to dismantle that. Yeah. And you can't just point to other people and say, well, that person's a racist because, well, they use racial slurs. That's or, right. Yeah. Or they vote Republican. No. Right? I mean, yes, those are racist people. But there are other ways that racism exists and other ways that racism presents itself. And it's important to be intentional about working on that. Listen, if you're somebody who uses the argument, if they'd only complied, a blah, 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 you got work to do. Right, exactly. Because that is the result of racist attitudes and racist propaganda. It just fucking is. If he'd only complied... If Ahmaud Arbery had only complied with the random citizens who were chasing him down with guns, maybe he wouldn't be dead. That is racism. Because you are treating someone differently than you would another person of a different race. They're lesser than. They need to do. No, listen. They need to comply. The, the young black entrepreneurs in the Minneapolis WeWork gym. Mm -hmm. They're expected to say what office they work in. Right. But a white person, you no one would dare say, do you belong in here? Are you, are you supposed to, do you have a lease in the building? And if you do, where is it? I need to know. Well, and Who when, the fuck are you? You don't need to know anything, asshole. Do you think that guy 
would call himself racist. The guy who confronted those no, men and said, No, of course not. Right. And, and this is the problem, right? Unless people are actively working on these things, and you need to look at your knee-jerk knee reactions, right? If you never post about the news and your first post is to talk about how rioting is bad, you got some work to do. Right. Because rioting, looting, whatever you want to call it here, that to you was uh that was a fucking fuse breaker for you you oh i gotta say something about this it's like what i tweeted i retweeted donald trump jr's tweet it was oh, like God. oh the george floyd was tragic the death of george floyd but hubba dubba dubba dub riots mm-hmm. it's like listen if you're just now talking about george floyd's death you said nothing in the in the direct aftermath of it you said fucking nothing and now you're talking about it as a vehicle to talk about the rioting? Shut the fuck up. Shut your fucking mouth. We don't need to hear from you. Well, and another one of these, I'll give another example of this is kind of a a buzz buzzword that if you hear, you know that this person also needs to do some work. And hopefully if you hear it, you're the person to help them do that work, right? Sometimes you'll hear people say that police kill twice as many white people as black people, right? There are way more than twice as many white people than black people. You're, you're, you know where I'm going with this, yeah. right? So black I, people are 13% of the population. I'm so, sorry. I'm stepping on you. No, shit. you know where I'm going with this. And yeah. I'm happy because either someone who is saying this has uh implicit racist views i guess we could say to be or kind they have a kindergarten understanding of mathematics or they struggle with math which, <laughs> which listen no shame in that because i'm in the same exact boat but i do understand this right yeah. so yes according to the washington post database on fatal police shootings since 2015 police have shot and killed about twice as many white people as black people but right like you're saying there are about six times as many white people as black people in the United States. Yeah. So this means proportionally, black people are much more likely to be shot and killed by the cops. Okay, and unarmed blacks, it's even more stark. Now, here's something that is, I'm, I mean, I, I'm tempted to call it a dog whistle, but I, it feels much more explicit for me when you have this conversation with racists. They will then make the argument that black people commit a disproportionate proportionate number of homicides yeah right this is the next place that they go and uh okay so they try to say well that's why they're being killed by police because crime right but most deaths at the hand of police are they're not the result of cops responding to or trying to prevent a murder that's right so most of it is taking someone into custody doing a traffic stop george floyd was a forgery that he may have passed a false, a fake $20 bill. Yeah. You know, capital crime. Buying something at the grocery store with a fake 20. But the, so these are points that you may hear from people in your life that otherwise mean well, right? That think that because they are good people, they're not racist, right? When they hold some racist views, yeah. right? And they're just not doing the work to educate themselves. And that's really where this comes down, right? A lot of it is ignorance, right? They just don't know what the reality is. But it's up to you to read and educate yourself, right? Yeah. No one else is going to do this for you, right? So that's what the frustrating thing is, is when we encounter people like this, it's like, okay, listen, I can lead you to the water, right? But I can't force you to take a drink. Is that the phrase? I don't even know. I think that is it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Either that or you just made it up like fringe. <laughs> well, hopefully I get some royalties on it because I am being cheated. <laughs> so we have another voicemail. And I think it's super poignant. Hope that wasn't too dramatic a, a segue. I No. <laughs> Perfect. That a lot of these cops who are perpetrating violence... And oppression in the neighborhoods that they, that they, that, that is their beat. That they don't live in those same neighborhoods. And that maybe there needs to be a policy change nationwide from, from the different departments. That you can't, you can't work in a neighborhood you don't live in because you don't have, uh, you don't have skin in the game. Hey guys, it's Dan from Oceanside. So, 
as I'm watching, uh, you know, all this footage of the of the protests and everything, and you know, occasionally across the Twitter timeline, uh, you know, someone will post something of a of a, a dialogue between one of the protesters and a cop, and it's actually really positive and really great, and both you can tell both sides are listening and trying to come to an agreement and 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 find some common ground. Those things are great, and we need more of that. Uh, and I, th- I think something we should really foster, and I, I don't know if this is in the works or if anyone's ever talked about this before, but something that's always bugged me, uh, I grew up family friends with a San Bernardino uh, Sheriff Department guy. Um, and he lived like an hour from where he served, so he didn't live in San Bernardino County even. And I don't understand why you wouldn't require your police officers to live in the neighborhoods they patrol, because if if you're asked to protect and serve the same people you're going to see at the high school football game and the Sonic and the friggin' restaurant and the grocery store, it feels like if you feel like you're a part of the community and you recognize people, that you're going to give people the benefit of the doubt. You know, when you see when you see a kid that you vaguely recognize from the high school football game, maybe getting into some stuff he shouldn't be. You're not going to go, that's a random, you know, black kid doing, doing wrong. You're going to go, oh, I know that kid. Like, you know, you might have some interaction with him. You might have some history with him. You might know somebody's related to just any one of many points of human contact with that person. Um, to me, that seems like something really easy and, and smart to do. Granted, you would have to adjust salaries depending on where these neighborhoods are so that they could afford to live in them. Uh, of course, you know, like Los Angeles or New York is very expensive places to live, but I want my police officers to be members of the community they police. And I think that even just that simple change makes, just makes them care in a way that they otherwise won't. And, and will make them feel more human compassion to the people they meet on their shift. Anyways, guys, uh, I'm just trying to really learn and, and, and listen and, just you know, trying trying to trying to be empathetic and see pe- you know things through other people's eyes because I can't even imagine living with that internalized fear and rage of being black in the United States because I don't I don't experience that but I can only imagine it's terrible and I'm so sorry for my part of it and I want to help so I'm just trying to listen and find ways to help. Anyways, love the show. I know you guys will be talking about this a lot for the next couple of weeks. Just wanted to add that I, I thought you know just trying to help (laughs) anyways have a uh, have a good one love the show well i think that is awesome i love that idea i don't know i don't know what the requirements would be i don't know how how they could make a make a shift make a change but i for sure understand what dan is saying there that yeah if you know that you are going to be rubbing elbows with people and if you mistreat somebody you might see them again right or like you said at the at the baseball game yeah like people will see you people know you then it's you know less likely for you to be a dick face yeah, I, I mean, I don't. Again, Not I, as easy. I, guess. I don't know the mechanisms by which you would do hiring through that, but I mean, even if it's an adjacent neighborhood, I mean, you don't have to live in the exact same. Like in L.A., there's all kinds of communities that butt up against one another. Um, but you know, you you don't want somebody who's who's living in Venice to be a co- a cop in Compton. Those are different areas, different different demographics, different needs, different requirements as far as policing are concerned. And you want somebody you know, who's grown up there and understands what's going on. I think it's a great idea. If we have cops out there who haven't turned off since I, my ranting and raving, uh, maybe chime in mm-hmm. on that. For sure. 657-464-7609. Email voice memos from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. I think we're going to leave it there. We had a whole bunch. We, I mean, we tr- it's hard to plan. You know, no, no. I want to play this moment on CNN. I don't even know where, what city they were in. I believe it was Minneapolis. Oh, it was because the reporter, he was in St. Paul. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's in the twin cities in Minneapolis and they're on this like freeway or on the street that's shut down. Mm -hmm. And the reporter is interviewing this, this, this black guy and he's impassioned and just, he has a message for some of the others who are out there, who who I wouldn't consider protesters, mm-hmm. I would consider them opportunists taking advantage of the chaos. This is what I gotta say to the. This is what I gotta say to the people who are destroying things. 
if you really feel like you have to take an opportunity, like if you're going to be an opportunistic, something is wrong with you. If you cannot stand up and fight the good fight and you want to be a cheater and go ahead and take what we're trying to do, something is wrong with you. Because what we're trying to do is stand up for the basic rights of humanity. And that's what we're trying to do. And we're trying to do it in a peaceful way. Who do not want to go through this anymore? Okay? I want to be able to go in a white neighborhood and feel safe. I want to be able, when a cop is driving behind me, I don't have to clinch and be tense, okay? I want to be able just to be free and not have to think about every step I take. Because at the end of the day, being black is a crime. At the end of the day, being born black is a crime to them. And I don't understand why. Because we're all humans. And that's sickening. I got to go, man. Be careful. It was a powerful moment. Yeah, I, I was really I was really moved by him talking about his own fear. And I think it's important for white people to hear that, right? That he is fearful of what's going to happen to him when he is in a white neighborhood. That he is fearful of what's going to happen to him when a cop is behind him. Right. Right. And I think a lot of times white people aren't hearing this message, right, of the fear that is carried by black people because of the terrible treatment at the hands of white people. Right. And this is generational. Yeah. The, he was probably raised by his parents. Right. This is how to act. This is what to do. This is how to behave. The, the need to walk on eggshells in order to stay alive. Yeah. And like he says, he just wants to be free and that's not a way to live. Right. That's stressful. That's stress. Stress kills. It's not healthy. Yeah. Listen, I can't imagine, we've talked about this before, that I don't walk around with fear of police. I walk around with a little bit of stank, a little bit of contempt sometimes, but I'm not afraid getting pulled over. I'll get mouthy if they get mouthy, because I'm not worried about being killed. Black Americans don't have that privilege. They don't have that. And that isn't equal justice under the law. That isn't equality. That most certainly is inequity in our society. Anyway, we'd love to know what you think. We're going to end it there. This time we are. We also want to say if you are out there protesting, please be safe. Thank you for doing what you're doing. It is so important. You are the reason that change happens. You are the reason that progress is made. And... We would love to hear from you and what your experiences have been out there in the streets protesting side by side with other people that are that are trying to make a difference. Yes. And if you can't be out there with people, if you cannot be in the streets protesting, then please donate. That is another way to do that, either to the Minnesota Freedom Fund that uh, Jesse put up on his page, also accessible through the I Doubt It with Dollamore podcast facebook page you just have to go down a few posts right or you can look at the other additional post that we shared to the facebook page with a list of, of places you can donate to i'll actually pin it to the, the podcast page at yeah. the top so yeah. it'll be right at the top perfect yeah. uh listen um we have a long list of new patreon supporters to read we do we we said last time we'll push it till this time didn't happen this time um i feel weird and kind of gross even playing a mid-roll. We didn't play one last time. We didn't play one this time. Yeah. We don't want to make, make it about that. So next time, if you are a new Patreon supporter, next time, unless, you know, it turns into another one of these, we'll we'll read your name and we'll talk about that. We love you guys. We appreciate all your support. Absolutely. We also want to say for those Patreon supporters that are waiting on stickers to be delivered, we put in an order, but there has been some delays, obviously, yeah. with the pandemic and everything like that. So, But we're expecting to get them this week, and then those stickers are going to go out, and it's going to be a lot of stickers going out. So yeah. um, thank you for being patient with us, and you know the pandemic kind of threw things off, but but we're, we're getting back on track. Absolutely. All right. One more time. The phone number, 567... 657. Ah. Holy shit. 657-464-7609. Of course, email those voice memos from your smartphone to I doubt it at dollamore.com. We'll see you next time. We love the fuck out of you guys. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It. But you know, when the Israelis pick up guns or the poles, 
or the Irish or any white man in the world says, give me liberty or give me death, the entire white world applauds. When a black man says exactly the same thing, word for word, he is judged a criminal and treated like one, and everything possible is done to make an example of this bad nigger so there won't be any more like him.